Welcome to another day of the EMP Sports Show. I am super excited to have you all here with me today. It is a NBA trade deadline Thursday, and it's just an NBA day for us. So if you're if you're not super heavy into the NBA, you're about to learn some things today because today is a NBA EMP show. We have Phil in studio with us once again today. Say hi, Phil. What it is. What it looked like. We'll definitely be getting into some controversial things that Phil has been saying as of late. If you're if you're a diehard Nuggets fan, you might want to plug your ears because he's Hayden. Uh, we Eddie is here as well. I'm not sure how much he's going to talk today, though, because he came in complaining of a sore throat. Did you want to say hi, Eddie? He said no, no. So today, going to get into the Nuggets trade that went down with Phil. He wasn't here yesterday to dive into it. And through our group chat, he seems to be a lot happier with the trade than I was necessarily. Here's some other trades that already went down in the NBA Mm -hmm. to get into, not to mention potential future trades, including what the Nuggets might have been setting up with their trade late when uh, late Tuesday night. Speaking of Nuggets, though, hot damn, they have been on fire lately, winning games that, quite frankly, most people would think you were ridiculous for picking them. I'll give props to my friend Eddie over here. He did predict that they would beat Milwaukee over the weekend, so props to him. But following up that highly improbable win with last night's victory in Utah, wow, wow, wow. Uh, Get into all that and more. Lots to talk about with the NBA on today's NBA trade deadline special on EMP Sports Show. It's time to talk some basketball. Yes, and the obvious place that I want to start off with here is what went down Tuesday night. You know, the Nuggets come off of this domination of the Portland Trailblazers. Just dominating them. A team that's, you know, beat us in the second round of the playoffs last year in a game seven. A team that is, you know, came in on fire. In particular, Damian Lillard had been on fire, averaging some like 35 points a game, if not more than that, over the past 10 games. Three 50-point games in the last six. Like, he was hot. Yeah. And the the Trailblazers, 10-point, or uh, having a four-game winning streak coming into that game. And then all those good feelings. And then basically, right when the game ends, this trade comes out being being announced. And it, it was a trade, it was like Pinocchio's nose. It just wouldn't stop growing. You know, it, the base came out, and it was like, okay, well, this player's added. Okay, well, now actually we're going to add this player, too. We're going to throw this player in now. And it ended up being a 12-player trade between four teams. 
I'm going to start off just talking about the Nuggets portion of this. Malik Beasley, Juancho Hernan Gomez, and Jared Vanderbilt were sent out to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And in return, we ended up getting Shabazz Napier, uh, Keita Bates-Diop, I hope I'm saying that right, Gerald Green, who hasn't played a single game this season and is likely to just get, you know, get cut, <laughs> reach, a, reach an agreement with him and just cut him, and Noah Vonley, and a first-round pick, granted, is the Rockets' first-round pick, so that's a, that's a, you know, early to mid-20s pick, not, not, a, not even a lottery pick there when you're talking about what the Rockets are going to be sending our way. What was your initial reaction to this trade? Uh, I thought it was a pretty solid trade for us. Really? Yeah. Why? Here's why, man. You were finna lose Malik Beasley and Wancho for nothing. There was nothing that we wanted on the market was not available. So just, the answer is either you let them walk or you get rid of them now for a first-round pick. That, that's not the only options, though. The other option is you let them stay on the team for the rest of the season. Then they walk. Or you actually get, you know, not crap in return. Malik Beasley on his own is worth the Rockets pick, and that's even being generous to the Rockets. I mean... Is he? Yeah. You look at what he did last year when he actually got consistent minutes. His numbers are down this year, but that's because the team's so stacked, he's not playing... He hasn't been playing consistently, and as late with all these injuries, when he does get those minutes, so what was available for him? There had to have been more. That's what we're guessing. More picks out there that you could have gotten, because like oh, because all the rest of this, is, all the rest of this is crap. Really, what it comes down to is you got a first round pick for Beasley, Wancho, and Vanderbilt. Three guys that you weren't going to have next year. Uh, Vanderbilt would have been Jared, uh, Jared or excuse, yeah, he'd have been here, but he's not playing. Like he's he's not playing. You lose one show, you lose Beasley. Those are the ones you like. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have traded him, but one, you know, late first round pick for those three guys is just not a good return so, in my book. So what do you want for them? I would have wanted at least at least one more second in here, so if that, not a, if not two seconds. When you're talking about all three of those guys, so what if that option's not available to you? Just ride out with them. Because uh, then, they, okay. Because here's another option: is that you do ride out the season with them, and you can do a sign and trade at the end of the year. Sign and trades aren't really uh, done anymore, but. Um, well, we because the it's, sign and trade it would why, be an if, intriguing. If I'm a player, why would I sign? And, why would I want to be signed and traded instead of just? Because you can get more money because of because of the rights from a team. Because you can okay, get the, offered the bird, more money the from rights. the Nuggets if but you're he, Beasley than you can be offered right, but by. The Nuggets aren't offering me more money. We've already discussed that. That's what we want. But that's that, them, that's why we're talking about sign and trade because it's not. It wouldn't be the Nuggets' money at that point. It'd be the team, so the other team's money that you're trading. Why would the other team want to sign them for more? And I can just sign them for less. Because then you're guaranteeing you get them instead of them being on the open market and Beasley being like, well, I can get even more. Or I, I can, you know, get the same money over here or something and have Beasley, a dog. It's not LeBron James. You know, what I'm I, I realize like, that that's something that's not something that you do for Malik Beasley. You know, just he's he's, just, he's an extra. Go grab him on the 
on the open market? Why am I wasting a sign and trade for? Like, why am I doing all that? It's Malik Beasley. You're going to lose these guys because we're trying to get Bradley Bill. Those guys aren't on the market right now. The, mm. the, the guys that we want aren't on the market right now. So it's, hey, man, push your asset down. We got another first-round pick to offer to somebody who gets who wants who wants the good first-round pick in a couple of years. Maybe next year somebody's ready to go. He's like, okay, cool. I have extra pick for you, along with Gary Harris and something else. But otherwise, you're just losing them for nothing. That's why I think they made this trade. Otherwise, to me, it's you just – you're going all in for this year, and you're like, hey, cool, we need Beasley for LeBron. Mm. What about the fact that at the end, um, Vanderbilt ended up getting put in? I mean, because Vanderbilt isn't an expiring contract. He's somebody who has not had a ton of opportunity to show what he can do on the court, but he has shown small spurts of almost being in the Jeremy Grant type of mold as far as a guy who's going to give you his all rebounding, who is athletic and long and has the potential potential to be able to stretch and hit those hit the three for you. I would say that this is where our homerism comes in because he hasn't shown he can do anything in the NBA. And we probably over hype him as compared to every other team that thinks you haven't shown us you could do anything in this league. But so it's like, it's more like you, really you're good. throwing him in in the end there. Like, and, and it's he, my point here is that he wasn't, he wasn't in the same position as Beasley or Wancho where he's going to walk at the end of the season. Right. I, I mean, look, I, I don't know every reason why they did it, but I'm just saying that's probably why is we probably overhype him. We probably think that he's a little more special than he is. He may not be more than Kevon Looney. You know, he could not be much more than, uh, you know, just other guys in the past. Um, but you know, he hasn't shown as much. He hasn't really shown as much. Every time you get a new guy in here, he's not ready to beat him out. This is, what, his second or third year? Um, his second year. Second year. I mean, so you got other second-year players that figure it out. You know, Malik, this is Malik Beasley's, what, third year? Fourth year. This is his fourth year. So, I mean, you go. At some point, you got to start turning it on. Michael Porter's second year, he's right up. Mm-hmm. Hey, man. Now, part of the argument I saw a lot for this, and it didn't make much sense to me, but I'll ask you, is that this trade was made to create more opportunity for MPJ to get more minutes. And that personally, that made no sense to me because none of these guys, I felt like, were getting minutes over MPJ. I mean, yeah, none of these guys are getting really minutes over MPJ anyway, so that didn't really make much sense because you could just start MPJ. Just give him minutes anyway. But, uh, you know, again, Michael, I mean, Malik Beasley can play and Wancho can play. You're going to lose them. Might as well get something for them. First-round picks are still, even though it's the Rockets pick and it's pretty damn it's pretty damn high, like like you said, mid-20s earlier, it could st- it's still a first-round pick. Guys are always going to look at first-round pick like some you know, opportunity for some money. And then um, the players that we got, like I said, it from reports, Gerald Green is never actually going to ever put on a Nuggets uniform. He's probably going to get um, – they're going to reach a buyout with Gerald Green. He's been hurt all season. Yeah, so I thought he was hurt. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, he's likely never to put on a Nuggets uniform. Yeah, I, read, I think I read he's going to go back to Houston. So however that happens, I thought that was against the rules. But somehow that will happen. <laughs> 
do you see any of these guys that we ended up getting in return actually playing for the Nuggets in any sort of meaningful way besides maybe trash time at the end of a blowout? No, because everybody's just like insurance. Like that's just all. He's got like Shabazz Napier. He's not better than anybody I've seen. I wouldn't put him in over PJ Dozier at this point. Um, and then you got uh, Noah Vonley. I don't think he's bad, but like y'all, all these guys are just like insurance. If somebody else gets hurt, yeah, they shouldn't be able to crack our spot. I don't think. All right. Looking at this as a whole, is there one team that you felt like really came out ahead during this trade? Uh, look, I like Atlanta because I like what Atlanta did because I went and got a center because I don't think John Collins is ever going to be a, like a true center. I loved actually this trade for for the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, and what else did they get? They they got Capella and Nene. Nene. Oh, but Nene is just insurance it's, at this point anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So Capella, they got Capella. So I mean, hopefully, you know, that gives uh, Trey Young a, a, a nice. Well, he's already had. A, he's got a lob guy already, but it's a defensive presence there whenever he's playing well. And then Houston just kind of went all in on D'Antoni. So, see how that works. I don't, I don't mind it, man. It's gonna, it's gonna beat some teams, but I, I feel like they're gonna wear themselves out. So, so with the Atlanta Hawks bringing Clint Capella, uh, likely pairing him at the center, and then uh, Collins at the power forward to play along with Trey Young, and then the young wings they have there in uh, Hunter and um, and Reddish, and there was a third one starts with an H. Uh, can't think of his name. It may, yeah. yeah, but with that, not necessarily this year. I think there's too big of a hole, too big, you know, of a hole for them to climb out of. But that could be an interesting court suck. next year. No, them cats suck, man. It's, you don't think so? It's uh, they're just, they're just young, man. I don't, I don't want to say suck like they're not. They don't have any chance to get good. They're just they're young. They don't play any defense at all. So I mean, they got Capella, but he's not Embiid on defense. So you know, he's good, but they need more. So you don't think this is a trade that could end up putting them over the edge as far as just making the playoffs next season? No, 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 no. I don't think so. For the Timberwolves, acquiring, you know, so much young talent in particular from the Nuggets, and then they got Evan Turner as well. Do any of those guys make an immediate impact for the Timberwolves? Or is Malik Beasley, does he have a shot of making that starting lineup? Uh, Beasley's what like now they're like the fourth or fifth best player on the team now probably. That team sucks, man. Like, they have <laughs> guys that aren't that probably shouldn't be in the league. Um, and it's been a while since they won a game. What are they like thirteen straight L's now? Maybe twelve. It's also interesting because when we talked about the Timberwolves on um, Tuesday or last week, you mentioned that the Timberwolves were without a point guard and they really needed a point guard, and that's part of why they, you know, were dropping down the standings. Yeah, that's part. But they got, and other they got nobody. They got no primary ball handlers in this four-team trade. Even though they ended up with four more players on their team, four new players. Yeah, man. Like these cats aren't playing, right? Like, like Evan Turner is, is a is a guy who can he can just kind of hang around in the league, but he's really not good. Lake Beasley, Juan Hernan Gomez, Alan Crabb, got Jake Lehman. Look, Jalen Noel. No, now, no. Kid born in 99, he's not going to last long. Jordan McLaughlin, I don't know why he's here. Keelan Martin, he's not going to last long. Nas Reed, I think, is a rookie. Cat, uh, Wiggins, there you go. Josh Okoge is probably the best ball handler they got right now. There you go. Shooting guard, Josh Okoge. Jared Culver is a rookie. This team sucks, man. This team sucks. 
I don't know what their draft situation looks like. This team's bad. And then the last team to look at is the Houston Rockets in this trade. Their main piece that they got in this was Robert Covington. They also got Jordan Bell. But it definitely seemed like Covington was what they were going after. And then giving up both Nene and mostly Capella. Do they even have a guy who's like over 6-7, on the Rockets anymore? Well, let's look at their roster. Um, look, I mean, they're, they're playing. I was reading this a while back, man, maybe sometime in the summer, that uh, D'Antoni's whole thing was if he had a chance to do it again in Phoenix, he would have basically doubled down on going small ball, right? Um, that was one of his regrets. So this is clearly what they did. They have Tyson Chandler, but, you know, he's mm. old as can be. Um, they want to go super, super duper small, man. They want to go Russ, Harden, uh, Ben McLemore, P.J. Tucker and then Covington, like a lineup like that. Basically, you know, two guards, three wings type of thing, and just run you to death, spread the floor. I mean, it's going to work. It's also going to get – I'm interested to see if teams want to, like, post up Gobert. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because you don't usually post up Gobert or, like, Unless you're Jokic. Tristan Thompson. You know what I mean? Like, Jokic is different. You know what I mean? But so, like, if you're doing that, now you're taking it out of Donovan Mitchell's hands. So that's kind of – their plan on defense is for you to like go out of your regular offense and just force it into your big man who you don't usually play against. Uh, this is this is super interesting because the Rockets are probably out of these four teams, besides the Nuggets, obviously, is the one that has the biggest impact on the Nuggets because this is potentially a team we could see come playoff time. And this team this trade, in my opinion, makes them worse when it comes to trying to match up with the Nuggets. Because there's... Who would even remotely be able to stop Jokic anymore on this Rockets team? Nobody. No, nobody. So the question then is, now when you're going back on the other end, who does Jokic guard? That's, that's what Probably Tucker. Well, when James Harden goes by, what's his name? Now somebody has to come help out or it's James Harden's walking to the rim. And when Jokic is too big and too slow to either get to the rim and get back out to P.J. Tucker, that's what they're betting against. So it's kind of like it's going to be a real nice experiment to see. Like they're going to give up the layups and they're going to give up offensive rebounds and second chance points and all that, hoping to cause turnovers and that you miss shots. And then on the other end, they're going to try to just stretch you out. And I think it's going to work for them offensively. It's just – I'm really interested to see how this works. It's going to be real. This is We have not seen this before. These guys are real small. Real, real small. All right, so we dive into this trade. We're going to take a little break here. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the Nuggets, in particular the stretch of games they have had over this past week and how impressive it has been here on the EMP Sports Show on AM Student Radio. Check, check. This. Ish. Out. Yes, welcome back. You know what I want to check out with you, Phil? Is how great the Nuggets have been playing as of late. 
You you go back, you know, the last uh, 10 games here, let's say. Last 10 games here, we got a win against the Rockets. We got two back-to-backs in here as well that we swept the back-to-backs. In particular, these last five games. Going back to last Thursday, Friday, beat the Jazz 106-100. to And then on Friday night... Second night of a back-to-back on the road in Milwaukee, the best record in the entire NBA. And that game was actually also, that game was also like less than, it was, that one's an earlier game too, if I recall. So it was on even less rest. But beat the Bucks there. Did have a trip up against the Pistons at blowing a 21-point lead in the first quarter. But then dominated the Trailblazers on uh, Tuesday and followed that up, second night of a back-to-back, on the road in Salt Lake City against the Jazz, who we've been battling with in the standings as of late, and with only seven players suited up. Seven. Due to the trade after the Trailblazers game, and injuries. Seven players. We beat the Utah Jazz 98 to 95 last night. It's clear. The Nuggets, hottest team in the league right now. Hottest team in the league. No, they've probably been the most impressive team in the last 10 games for sure. You look at minutes. You have, you know, big, fat, lazy Jokic played 40 minutes. You have Murray, who was like limping up and down the field because he's not fully, he's not 100% from his ankle injury. Yet he plays 43 minutes, dropping 31 points. You have Monte Morris, who has been a bench player for much of the season. He gets the start and plays 42 minutes. You have Chanchar and Dozier, who have really only played as of late. As your two bench guys playing 17 and 25 minutes apiece for you. Another note on Jokic. It's a 30-point triple-double with 21 rebounds. He's one of like nine players in NBA history to have a 30-20-10 triple-double. And one of only three seven-footers to have done it. Yeah, He's looked good, man. He's looked good. He is... Terrific. He is undoubtedly the best center in the NBA. With these wins, um, you go back to, when was it? I think it was the game against the Jazz um, last, not like just a couple days ago, but like last week, game against the Jazz. Was that the one that was on TNT? Yeah, that's the one. And at halftime, Mr. Charles Barkley went on and said that the Nuggets are pretenders. That they're not for real. Yeah, I remember that. And then they came back in that second half and ended up winning that basketball game. Flipped it around in that third quarter there. It is, since that game, just the quality of games they've played. Yes, they tripped up against the Pistons, but that's kind of been the Achilles heel of the Nuggets. Not like this year and for a lot of last season as well is just playing 
not playing the team, but playing their record. Because Pistons, by far, are the worst team of this last five-game stretch. And that's the only team we lost to. Yeah, that's kind of, you know, that's that's the plight of, 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 I think, every team in every sport, starting from a young age, man, playing down to your opponent, not playing up to your ability, you know, playing playing up to your opponent, if it makes people feel feel better to say that one. Um, but, yeah, the Nuggets are, they're a real team out west right now. They look to be, uh, they, they're definitely the hottest team. Um, so you got the wins over the Bucks, you got the wins over the, uh, the, the Jazz, uh, the other large one they had there, and then they've basically been on a roll with Damian Lillard for like the last ten games. I'd say he kind of uh, this is probably his worst matchup. Now, another thing that's super cool about the huge game that Jokic had is he did it up against a two-time Defensive Player of the Year, you know, an All Defensive Team NBA Player. In Rudy Gobert. Yeah, you hyping it up, but he's kind of always ate Rudy Gobert's lunch. So it's not really more impressive. Not really, actually. Because he's, I believe, before this game, he averaged some like eight points a game against Rudy Gobert. Fam, he averages more than eight points a game versus the Utah Jazz. Now, they must be breaking it down to only when he's on the floor. Maybe it was the prime. Maybe, maybe it was with Gobert as the primary. All, when I watch him, he's had his way with just about everybody in the league. All right, which this now brings me to something you said the other day. And, you know, we got time to dig into it now. Get in there. You said the Nuggets don't have a chance against either L.A. team because they don't have a star. That's it. What the hell is Nikola Jokic then? All right, let me, let me, let me be even more specific. Specific. They will not be either Lakers team because Nikola Jokic is not on the level of Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, or Anthony Davis. He is by far better. Well, maybe not by far, but he is definitely better than Anthony Davis. Okay. All I can say to that is okay because I haven't seen that performance. Would you say Jokic is a top five player in the NBA? No. Who Name me five players better than him. I would say James Harden is better nope. than him. I would say LeBron James is better than him. I would say yep. Kawhi Leonard is better than he yep. is. Um, am I forgetting somebody on the East Coast right now? Oh, I would say Kevin Durant is better than he is when he's healthy. Probably. Dave Stephen Curry is better than he is. Uh, no. Am I forgetting someone else? I'm sure there's one more that I'm forgetting that's slipping my head right now. Did I already say Anthony Davis? There you go. Anthony- Giannis. Anthony Giannis, Davis. Yes. No. Um, I would take Luka over him. So, yeah. Mm, that one's close, at least. I would take Steph that. and James Harden aren't really all that close. They're definitely not better than Jokic. Now, right. if you're talking about pure scoring, then sure. Let's talk about the game of basketball. If you're talking about the game of basketball, then they are not. All right. Because uh, well, you got Hey, he's going to have a chance to show us this season again. Because if you're just ta- if you're talking about pure scoring, that's one thing. But if you're talking about the game of basketball, you can't tell me that the court vision and the rebounding ability of Jokic is not better than Harden and Steph Curry. Harden has terrific court vision. He's been a he's been one of the best passes in the league since he's came into the league. Stephen Curry, same thing. I'm not saying they're bad court vision, but they're not and on they the level the of a Jokic. The whole game. Like that's kind of a big part of this is 
Jokic has to play center. He doesn't have the ball as much as Harden does. He doesn't have the, the freedom to make the good. He, he doesn't have control of the game the way LeBron has it, the way Harden has it. He just doesn't. No, I agreed with you on LeBron. LeBron is a better player. Uh, Giannis, better player. Kawhi Leonard, better player. Uh, and I... You're disagreeing here on Steph, James Harden, Luka. Luka's, uh, you're basically, yeah. Luka's close. Luka's, Luka's right there, I would say. I mean, yeah, I would put Luka... Luka's not better than James Harden right now. As far as a complete game, yes. If you're just talking about what scoring... game? Like being able to be physical, being able to rebound when you're when it's not your entire team just goes away and be like, okay, you have this rebound. Because so many of James Harden's rebounds come from the team just vacating. And you can even go and watch when um so you're saying he's Russell Westbrook now. Well, you can even look and watch because Rivers, um what Austin Rivers got like got upset and then and Harden got upset with him because he took away a rebound from James Harden and kept him from being able to get a triple-double because that right. is part of their game plan, No, that's, that's just part of basketball. Usually when you see a teammate is like a point away from a triple-double rebound away, guess what teams do? Even in high school, got a big number he's about to hit, they'll feed him the ball again. They'll help him get that. That's kind of how it is, man. It's that's not, that's not the same thing that you were seeing with Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City. That's not the same thing that you were seeing. Those cats... Steven Adams was literally running away from rebounds. That's not what you're seeing in 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 Houston. They can't even afford to do that. James Harden is definitely better than Russell Westbrook. Like I, I'm not going to make that Russell, comparison. Russell's Russell's tr- dropped off tremendously his last. He has, hasn't he? Especially like his actual shooting ability. That's kind of yeah. It's a large part of it. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he's 30 now. He's, he's lost a. He's probably lost a step. He's not 26 anymore. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we disagree. I think Jokic is definitely top 10, but I don't think he's top 5. Has the way the team played this past week in particular, has that changed your opinion at all in whether or not they can hold their own in a series against an L.A. team? Nah, man. They they just – the only chance – they needed to get somebody, and nobody's just around for them to get, man. Like, if they had a guy Bradley Bill, I, I might have been on for that because that's, that's a lot of offensive weapons, but – they just don't. They don't have that closer. To me, I mean, to me, you're saying, okay, Jamal Murray, go do it better than Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Lou Williams. That's that's not. Yet, if not I'm not mistaken, Jokic has a higher game, like clutch shooting percentage, and more game winning shots than anybody in the NBA. Yeah, I feel you. But in the playoffs, that wasn't true. And he's gonna be, he's gonna be focused on more. They're gonna be talking about Jamal Murray. We want to see what you can do. They're going to try to take away Jokic more than anything. And the, and the, the spot that the Clippers uh, specifically struggle with is definitely center. So, like, their whole thing is they're going to be trying to double down on Jokic and dig in there and everything else, anything to keep him from being the one that kills them. Um, I still think Jokic is going to get off. Jokic is always going to put up numbers. Mm-hmm. I just don't think in the end he's he's good enough right now to get them past. He's not Dirk in 2011 to me yet. You know what I mean? Like, he's Dirk in 2008. Not, not quite, not quite there yet. Give him, give him some time. Maybe when he's twenty eight, he's that guy. But what is he? Twenty four still? Twenty five, I think. So I mean, it's, you know, guys got to. It's it's not in the shooting percentages. It's it's in the head. It's something in the development. Just over time, you know what I mean. Just become more of a veteran. 
That's what that's what I really think it is. All right, before we take a break for top of the hour, one last question for you. Want to give you a chance to make right or wrong. Is Nikola Jokic a star? A star? Yes. Yeah, he's a star. He's a star right. level player. Does that? Oh, my fault. Yeah, my fault. <laughs> I, I guess that helps y'all feel better. Yes. He. I mean, I said he's top ten, man. If you're top ten, you're a star. There's there's not a top ten player in the league who's not a star. All right, we're going to take a break here. When we get back, we're going to talk some more about trades, other trades that have gone down in the NBA and how it's affecting the landscape. Here on AIM Student Radio, home of your EMP Sports Show. To the trade deadline NBA special show here on the EMP Sports Show. Your host, Mike Jones, here with you. Mr. Flip Raimi in the studio as well. What it is, what it looked like, hour two. Hour two. Hour Man, two. We're actually going to have a full three-hour show today. I feel like it's been a little while since we've actually hit all three hours. Last week? Did we, though? Because I felt like we we just we got to off to a late start because nobody nobody was here like not everybody was here. Yeah, I don't think we actually got like a full hour or full three hours full show. But that that's changing today. There we go. We're hitting it today. Trade so deadline day. trade deadline day. Um, couple notes to point out here. The Hawks. We mentioned Nene was part of that trade. It says here that the Hawks have officially waived Nene. Not a huge surprise. Their prize pig, if you will, in that trade was Capella, getting him there, getting that interior defense and the athleticism. Uh, the 76ers and the Golden State Warriors also did a trade yesterday, acquiring Glenn Robinson III and Alec Burks from the Golden State Warriors. Any any initial thoughts on adding a little? To me, it was about adding some shooting. Like you mentioned, I think during the break that the 76ers yeah. don't really have shooting, and they yeah. were trying to get that. Alex Burks can't shoot, and uh, I guess Glenn Robinson can shoot, but he's not really. I mean, who are you playing over him over? They, I mean, they just got to be who they are, and that's a non-shooting team. It's going to be ugly for them, and they can. They just got to win that way. They got to be the ugly. Um, we're not going to get 120 points. We're going to shut you down because their defense is really good. They're huge. Like, you just got to use what you got. And Lynn Robinson ain't going to get – I mean, who's he going to play over? If he, I mean, if he gets time, it's not like he's going to get crazy time. You got Josh Richardson. You got Thibel, the 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 rookie. You got Maz. I don't even know I like Thibel. he's going to play. I like Thibel too. He can't shoot, but okay, really. Cool. I don't actually think he's a horrible shooter, but he's not really an offensive guy. He's definitely a defensive he's, he's dude. He's ridiculous, man. Um, again, Richardson, Thibault, you got Ben Simmons still. You got Embiid, Al Horford. You got Tobias Harris. Bro, they're just not a good offensive team. It's a clunky fit. Like, all those guys are good players. They're just not good on the same. They're not they're so much clunky fit. It's just a clunky fit. So much height and length. Like, kind of like the Lakers, but the Lakers have more skill around it. But yeah, but they're even bigger than the Lakers. I mean, they're, they're bigger they're, at every yeah. position. Like, the Lakers are kind of just big at five. Like, just got a bunch of fives. Well, when you're looking at and what LeBron, LeBron Bron's a big they got yeah. the two big guys in, inside, and then yeah. their other – who was the other guy that they brought in? Kuz? Well, Kuz, and then the other um, 
Shoot, who was the other guy that they, like was an offseason acquisition for the Lakers? Uh, they, Danny Green? Yeah, Danny Green's also like 6'7". Like seven. Six, six, yeah, 6'7". Six, six, seven, six, seven. He, he's longer for two guard. But, I mean, like the, they're still not as big as the, the Sixers are. But the Sixers just, they ain't no shooting out there, man. It's hard to acquire a shooter because everybody wants shooters. Like, that's what everybody wants. So, it's just got to do what you got. They're still going to make it. I think they'll still make it to the uh, – access getting hard to tell, man. The Eastern Conference is getting, is getting good. Those top six teams – they got, they, got some, they got some players out there in the East, man. They got some players. I'm still on the uh, Celtics bandwagon. Um, I I like it. And I, it. Nothing's happened yet, but I feel like if they were able to make it work, going after a uh, Drummond on that Celtics team, if they were able to make it work financially, that would be such a great fit for them because that's that's really the only that's it, man. Only weakness on that Celtics team. That's that's really all they have. Um, the only hold they have is, is that it's just hard for them to acquire anything because they don't want to give up their top five guys, which makes so much sense. Uh, you mentioned Jabari Parker when we were talking about the Hawks. He got traded to the Sacramento Kings in that Deadman trade. Uh, is that potentially that wing guy that could make – not again, not necessarily this year because – the hole's already dug for the Kings, but that guy that could make the difference next season? No. No? Nah. Not at all, man. I mean, he's. I think he's just kind of a solid off-the-bench player, but he's not, he's not a game-changer, man. The Memphis Grizzlies also were finally able to um, deal out a guy who's just been throwing a complete fit over there and lost... A lot of respect in a lot of people's eyes, I feel like, in Andre Iguodala. Um, yeah, people don't like it when athletes try to make their own business decisions, um, especially their teammates. No, but, uh, but, yeah, Dylan Brooks, was he was happy to see, his, see Andre Iguodala go. He wants to play against him. Well, yeah, because it's, it's – I don't know. I guess we can dive into this a little bit here. I just feel like it's so disrespectful, especially to guys who are supposed to be your teammates, that you're like, mm, you're not good enough for me to waste my time on you. It's like that's, what? That's what's funny, man. Funny. What? <laughs> He's letting y'all know y'all are peasants, man. I've won rings, y'all peasants. That's what he just said. It is disrespectful. Now what? <laughs> that's why he said it. we want to play y'all then. So he's gonna have an opportunity to play him, man. Andre Godal didn't make it back to the team. I don't think he wanted to play with, but I think he was, I think he'll be happy with Miami. I, I saw what he had to say. I mean, he, Miami's at least a playoff team. Pretty, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're solid, man. Uh, he seemed pretty. Happy uh, when he got traded down there. And as part of that trade, Winslow leaves the Heat and goes to the Grizzlies. Yeah, I, I guess the Heat had kind of given up on Winslow. I heard he had, hit, he had been hurt a little bit, but I thought he was a solid player. You're talking about a dude who can, who can kind of run point guard for you. Um, he's not the greatest shooter, but his shooting has improved. and his def- I mean, he can, he can defend four different positions. The Grizzlies got a ball player, man. Grizzlies got somebody who can help him out for sure. Um, John Morant, you got Triple J down there, Jay Crowder, Justice Winslow, Dylan Brooks. Like this is a, I think they have Valanciunas. Like this is a solid team, man. They're they do, a, they do. Yeah, they're gonna be a, be something to reckon with. I don't know how long everybody's contracts are, but yeah, they'll grow. So the other, the other team, the Heat, obviously gained Andre Iguodala, and the the Thunder were. Part of this trade as well in a three, it was a three-team trade. Danilo Gallinari is also going to the Heat, adding a little more length. 
Uh, and, and shooting from the from the four position, I, I feel like that's probably where he'll end up playing mostly when you're talking about how he fits in on the heat. Yeah, he's mainly a four at this stage anyway, but I guess I caught that one late, or maybe I just kind of forgot because I heard something about that. But, yeah, this is uh, Pat Riley making moves, man. In Miami, uh, this is a damn good roster. When you look at it now uh, for the East, they might be the, the, the favorite, um, not in the East, to, but to play the Bucks now. Um that's a team that fits well in a lot of different spots. You got a closer in Jimmy Butler, who's, who again is not a he's not a star. He's not as good as Jokic, but he's he's a closer. Um, yeah, man, that team is good. And then you got a uh, Gallo coming in. He can like mini close and he can shots. He can he's a, he can stretch it for you. But his contract is only like two years, right? Like everybody, I think so. The Heat are trying to wait wait it out here for Giannis in a couple of years, so nobody's getting long. Contracts, they don't mind paying you though for short term. Which, who doesn't like short money or big money for a short amount of time? Yeah, you're looking at a lineup probably with Bam Bam in the middle there with uh, Gallinari. You have Iguodala, Jimmy Butler, and then I would. I haven't watched a ton of them, but I know you're high on that hero uh, out there in Miami. Yeah, man, he was a, he was a rookie. He's a rookie. He'll, mm-hmm. he'll probably he shows no signs of being scared. But I always have reservations for rookies in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like it's it's maybe not even a scare thing, but how how are you ready? Can you perform at that level? Because they also have Kendrick Nunn. Is he he's technically a second year player, isn't he? Technically, uh, I think he's a first year player, but second year out of the league, like out of college. Out of college. Like I think he might have been in the G League for a little bit. Okay, um, but still, even with him, I want to see. But he, I mean, again, he doesn't look scared at all either. It's an intriguing roster out there that coming into the season, you didn't necessarily – I obviously had Jimmy Butler, but you didn't necessarily have – I didn't at least have super high expectations for them because it didn't seem like there was a lot around them. But that team's really grown together. That You know, and they got, you know, Bam out of bio stepped out. Like, a lot of guys have just stepped out. Like, you know, Bam is like a triple-double threat every night from the center spot, which is, you know, it's not unheard of because we have one ourselves, but – you know that's that's special to have, and then like I said, Tyler Hero is, is has been clutched this year. Jimmy Butler has been a leader. I mean, it's not the same guy that you saw. It is the same guy. It's the same guy that you saw in Minnesota that people didn't like because he was calling his teammates out, and it looks like he was you know correct about those teammates, and you know he's ready to win, man. Yeah, he was calling out his teammates, and then you know this year, Cat he doesn't make it into the he doesn't get elected to the All Star team and he kind of um throwing a little fit about it up there is he, he not the, a huge one but he the was team have you seen that little meme going around on social media you know the one about him not when they haven't won a game with him playing it since like november oh 26th. yeah i have heard that this is a dude who's got like top 10 talent he's probably still like a top 20 player but they ain't won a game with you since like november since like thanksgiving fam we done went through the holiday season already is it time for them to move on from I was going to ask the same question about the 76ers, but I'll start with with the Minnesota Timberwolves then. So time for them to move on from that duo of Cat and Wiggins and It's not really a I don't think it's much moving. I mean move on like as far as trading Wiggins basically. Yeah, not necessarily at this deadline, but in general for them as a team. Have they kind of reached th- what they so, could be? So I think Wiggins is actually coming along. It's the issue with him is you're paying him like he's a superstar. Mm-hmm. They had to do the, that contract extension. And that's kind of the issue with him. I think he's coming along. Like, he's not a superstar guy. But, he, you know, he's 24, 25 now, so he's coming along. They just 
he's not enough. And their issue has been a lot, a lot of no one can have a good game at the same time type of thing. Now they just don't have the type of talent. It sounds like they're trying to do anything they can to get D'Angelo Russell. Like that's going to be something like that three. Can you picture that three? Like they want to get. I can yeah. actually. Yeah, but that, like, that's still not, that's not doing anything. D'Angelo Russell doesn't play defense. No, they're not. No, that, that, that's, that's not, not a team that would anywhere. play any that's, defense. That's, that team is not going to the playoffs. That team would score a lot of points. That team would be the Wizards this year. Score a lot of points, not stop anybody, lose the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At least you'd have a ball handler, like a primary ball. No, handler yeah, you'd, ha- you'd have your, you'd have the best point guard they've had. I've heard someone else say this. Um, some repeating this. You said he said they'd had the best point guard they had since Sam Cassell. So that was years ago, man. Mm-hmm. Like KG days. Um, but yeah, that's, that's just a bad team, right? Again, if you're trying to do everything you can to get D'Angelo Russell, that's 100% because D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns are like best friends. Fam, you can't be like the 25-year-olds when you're running your organization. You know what I mean? Because you get those two together, it's not going to win. That's that's too much Minnesota talk, though. If you are – well, I guess I have one last question on Minnesota. All right. If you're <laughs> going to move on from one of those guys, though, which one – did you, if you're a Minnesota GM, which one did you, would you want to keep, Wiggins or Cat? Oh, you got to keep Cat. Got to keep Cat. Yeah, yeah. Cat's, Cat's still a, a like a mismatch. He's a monster. Like he's he's a special special talent. You know what I mean? So you trade? Would you trade Wiggins for D'Angelo one for one? No, no, nah, I wouldn't. I I, I don't. Again, that you did get better. So I guess you would. You would trade him one for one. You you'd, you'd be better. But again, it's not. It's marginal. It's marginal. So the other team that's having a duo that is super hyped but they're not necessarily gelling the best granted they are gelling better than what minnesota's having is ben simmons and joel Embiid. they have been right there but something's missing from being able to get them over the edge and you hear i've been at least seeing a lot of talk of is this a duo that can really work together and take them to that next level I, mean, I think it's like what we talked about a little bit earlier. This is a it's a really clunky fit. This is really clunky because Ben Simmons is a non shooter. And so it's tough to have a non shooter next to the paint when you're trying to have Shaq work in the paint. You know, modern day Shaq mm-hmm. work in the paint. Um there's just not much room, but at the same time, when you go down the other side of the floor, they're a monster duo on defense. You know, Ben Simmons can guard one through five, most fives. Um, and then you go Embiid's like the best defensive center at, at least since Dwight Howard. Um, it's just a really clunky fit, and it's always going to be a clunky fit. Like if you can get comfortable with it being lulls and scoring sometimes, then you know you'll be fine. But if you want to see you know pretty basketball, then you probably need to move one of them. You know what I mean? Like if you switched Embiid and Carl Towns, that'd be like Carl Towns would excel. He would excel next to uh, Simmons because he stressed the floor. He has no problem shooting threes. Yeah. Which one would you rather keep if you're at the Seven Sixers? Then that's tough, man. I, I still can't decide because I think in the totality of it, Joel Embiid is a better player. Like he's he's just a more dominant force. But Ben Simmons does so much, and Ben Simmons is actually more Jokic than you think. Like he's with the, with the floor vision. Um, Again, and then he'll lock you down on the perimeter. Like it, there's so much to his game. People just don't like him because he doesn't shoot, and he's you know it's ugly shy. He doesn't score, and he won't even look at the rim sometimes. But he just does so much. There's so much more room. I feel like for improvement. Like Embiid is probably where he's going to be 
and, and kind of more or less at his ceiling. There's so much more room that Ben Simmons can, and if he puts in the effort, will improve on. That I think he he you can grow more with Ben Simmons. Yeah. So like the thing about him not getting any better, I think it's the same thing with uh, Embiid and Jokic, right? Like the stats will probably not get any better, right? Like Jokic is probably never going to average thirty, but like there's a maturity. Like it's just when you when you play the game for long enough, and I think that's kind of where Embiid is as well. Like his stats are probably never going to get any better, but his his maturity level will get better. Like him knowing. Like, I've been in this moment before. Like, okay, now I'm not afraid of this moment. I've been in this moment four times. We've been eliminated six times in the playoffs. I'm finally, you know, I'm finally ready. Like, that type of thing. Um, but, yeah, it's tough, man, because those teams, those dudes are special. And, you know, the whole, and then the biggest argument is Ben Simmons don't ever get hurt, man. You can play Ben Simmons, like, if you look at the, the minutes, Ben Simmons is, like, towards the top in the league in minutes every, since he's been in the league. Mm-hmm. And whereas Embiid is, got to, you know, you got to watch out for him. Big man gets injured. Nick Nick Nags, but when he's in the game, he's just it's tough, man. I still haven't decided which one I would keep. Which, which one would you, you said? I, I'd probably go with Simmons, just because I, I feel like he can and will sooner or later develop an actual shot. Um, and, and some of it, I also know, don't know if it's maybe he's just that's not necessarily his game, so he doesn't display it as much during games. Like the, the shooting or the scoring in, in general? The the shooting. The, I, I know he can drive to the basket. Like, he is good at driving the basket. He can finish around the rim and whatnot. Smart at getting mismatches and stuff. Like, he's he's a really dance. Like, him and Jokic, to me, like, I think they're on the same, like, as far as, like, brain level. I think Ben he, Simmons yeah. is, is right up there with all the elite guys. And it, it's also impressive because he is, he's 6'10". He's not quite as big as Jokic, but he... He plays the ball, he plays the game so much different than what you typically see from you know these six ten seven foot type dudes when you're talking about Jokic and Simmons. Right, right. I mean, and just so many other like he just plays the game so much different than most guys. Just period. Like again, we're talking about a professional basketball player who did not make it to the league because he's ever been good at scoring or like even trying to score. He's just so much better than he's just so much. He's just so great at making his teammates better. Like he sees you when you're open. He doesn't miss you when you're open. That that's something I really appreciate of basketball players. And I think like it's you know you can talk about Jokic, you can talk about um, LeBron, it, and just how they elevate the level of their teammates. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. such an underrated yeah. quality. Right. Like I always say that like the basketball DNA. Right. There's two types. Well, there's several types, but offensively, to me, there's two types. Either a scorer or you're a passer. Right, and I'm like, you got the scores, you got Kobe, you got Braun, you got Iverson, you got uh, James Harden. The first thing they think about when they catch the ball is scoring. Whereas, the first thing Jokic does when he catches it, he's looking to make someone better. LeBron is the same same way. He can score thirty, but he's really not trying to score thirty. That's not his game. Ben Simmons is right there, man. He's right there. Same thing. Uh, last thing on the Seventy Sixers. You talked about how great they can be being able to switch so many positions defensively. You talk about lineup of Simmons, Thibel, Harris is not all that great defensively, but then you throw in Horford and Embiid. Is that the best defensive lineup in the NBA right there? I think it's the best defensive lineup when they're focused. And I would actually say um, – and Harris is going to be there, but I would say the best lineup they would do is, is Josh Richardson. And then, and then uh, Thibault, Simmons, Embiid, and, and Horford, actually their best defensive lineup. 
but but for shooting reasons, you got to have Harris out there for other reasons. Um, yeah, when they're focused and they're playing, to me, that's the best defensive lineup. Because you can switch so much with that team as well. Just and if you're Tom, whether it's Thibel or I mean whether it's Harris or whether it's Richardson, the shortest guy on the court there is six seven. Like, dude. Um, dude. Yeah, we're gonna take a break here. Uh, when we come back, going to dive into a little something different with the NBA. I want you to construct your starting five. Like, if you were to choose from the entire NBA, who your all NBA starting five would be at this point in the season. Fun exercise. Coming up next on the EMP Sports Show on AIM Student Radio. Talk here on EMP Sports Radio. Your host, Mike Jones, still with you. My boy, Phil, over here. Hour two, two and a half. We in there. Staying with us for a three-hour special trade deadline, NBA Thursday. So far, not a ton of news coming out today. A lot of it, a lot of the trades came out the last couple days. Uh, real quick, do you, do you expect there to be, you know, much more action Leading up to the trade deadline, which I think is one o'clock Mountain Time. Uh, it's hard to tell, man, because it doesn't sound like anybody big is going anywhere, right? If if anybody big comes, like it'll definitely be a surprise for us, right? Um, it seems like these are more smaller deals. I think we were talking. I don't know if I said this on on mic, but it's basically like when we looked at the the standings, not too many guys in the West are eliminated. Mm-hmm. You know, you got got teams in the West that are still trying to get in, and then you got in the East, you still got teams that are trying to get in. Like so, everybody's not the way this usually works is you got to have buyers and sellers, and it seems like everybody's trying to buy right now. There's not as many so sellers. There's no sellers. Um, so you're seeing like these smaller moves. I, I I don't think a big one's coming, man. I don't think a big one's coming. All right, so we'll dive more into you know trade talks and whatnot coming up. Uh, a little later, I have, I have a few on the NBA trade machine, a few fantasy trades that I have up. We'll dive into that, but right now we're, you know, roughly let's say halfway through the season. Uh, a little more, but indulge me. I want, I want to construct our fantasy lineup. Like, if we were choosing from the entire NBA and we were drafting our starting five from the entire NBA, what it would be, let's start off with what, in my opinion, should be the easiest decision. Let's start with the center. Center? All right, man. I think if I was going to start Again, it's just my fantasy lineup, man. If I, if I can start the center, I think I'm going to take the young boy, Nikola Jokic. Agree. Yes, Nikola Jokic, just his – I mean, I, I talked about earlier, I think he's a top five player in the NBA. And like we talked about briefly, he makes his teams better with his court vision and everything. He does, man. And it's not even just that. Like, he is a big, goofy dude, right? It's it's goofy. It looks so uncoordinated when he moves. But 
all his basketball moves are smooth as hell. Like his footwork is smooth. The way he does, like he made he he made some little up and under move on Hassan Whiteside the other night, and it just made Hassan Whiteside look like a complete jerk. Who's been having a really kind of resurgent season with the Trailblazers? I mean, yeah, yeah, but we ain't, we talking about Jokic. Yeah, and, <laughs> I mean, it's it's he just he's he's a big goofy dude, man. But like when he steps on the court, it's it's so smooth. Like it's, it's when he has the ball in his hands, it's smooth, and he, he almost never makes a mistake, dog. And you talk about him being goofy, and that's that's kind of an X factor, if you will, in this. Because I also feel like he'd be so good for team chemistry, you know, no, almost no matter who you put in around him, just because he keeps the mood light, he keeps you know smiles on faces, and people have fun. You know how it is when 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 you got the guy who's obviously the the stud, the main guy, but he acts like he don't realize he's, just one he's of the, the guy. Yeah, and he just he's just I'm just I'm like you, bro. I'm not special. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, and, I'm not the leader of this team. You're the you're the leader of the team, bro. Like he's kind of one of those guys. And, and that is, yeah, that is Jokic to a to a T. Like, if you knew nothing about the NBA and you just kind of watched how the Nuggets interact with each other, I don't know anybody would look at Jokic and be like, "That's the star." No, 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 no. It, it it takes you to get out there on the court, and it might even take a couple minutes to of watching what's happening before you realize, oh, no, no, the big dude who's lumbering around out there, he's the best player on the team. Was there another name that you were considering at all here? I was considering putting Giannis at my five. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There's something about that lineup that, that I like, if Giannis has a five. I think that's a really dangerous lineup. So speaking of Giannis, we'll move on and talk a little power forward, the four position here. I'll go ahead and start off because that's where I'm putting Giannis. Giannis six Wait, foot. Where's your center? Oh, did you go Jokic? Oh, Jokic. Oh yeah, Jokic, one hundred percent. I I would go Giannis there. He's so long and athletic. He's he's six eleven. It's almost you almost have two seven footers out there with that lineup. Right. And he has such a complete game. He's developing the outside shot. It's not great yet, but it is. It's coming along, and it's some you still have to respect. It's 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 coming, man. It's coming. He's uh. When you watch that guy, you wonder why other guys won't figure out their jump shots. You know what I mean? What other guys being Ben Simmons? <laughs> <laughs> um, him, like, there's been a lot of guys that have improved their jump shots. You know, like, come on, Ben, it's time to get yours going too. Um, but yeah, Giannis is my answer there for the four for the four spot. He's uh, he's he's a bully. <laughs> he's kind of, he's a bully man. He's an athletic freak. There's, you know, we call him the Greek freak for a reason. He's possibly the most athletic player in the entire NBA. Like I don't think so. Who do you, who who'd you put out there as more athletic? I, I would take the rookie Zion Williamson as being more athletic. Oh okay. Uh, but there's other guys. I, I I think like Russell is still, still more athletic. I think a lot of. I mean, he's definitely athletic, but I think he's got a lot of like long arms. That's like, true. I don't think he's special. Special athlete is whereas he's like got a special special build. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, man, I sound stupid saying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Uh. Yeah, yeah, but I, I do think it's better athletes. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I've got Jokic there. I've got Giannis. Who's your uh, Who's your forwarder, Eddie? Got a power forward for us? Uh, no, I don't. I totally spaced out what we were talking about. Top five. A little foggy in the head. Your fantasy lineup. You went with Jokic. You went with Jokic. Now give us a power forward. It's got to be Giannis. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I Mark him down for Kevin Garnett. 
All right, Kevin Garnett. He's oh, the one with famer. the retired KG. Uh, let's go, Reggie Miller. Richmond. See, we haven't even got to the two guards yet. We haven't even got to the two guards yet. We'll come back to you. Um, all right, so moving on to the small forwards here. Well, it's also interesting to note, though, both of these guys are Euro players that we've put in so far. There you go. You know, Giannis yeah, yeah, yeah. from Greece, yeah. Jokic, obviously, from yeah. Serbia. Good point, man. These guys are coming in. These guys are coming in. They are coming into the league fast. Um, and we're going to get another one here, too, right? Yeah, I think I think this another guy is supposed to be like a top five pick coming oh, yeah? this year. Or like in the, in the contending for a top gotcha. five pick. Um, so yeah, on the small forwards. On on to small forwards. This one, um, this was probably the one I am on the fence most about as far as positioning wise mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. whatnot. I'm going to end up, especially he's had a resurgent year this year after, for him in particular, kind of a pedestrian season last season. I'm going to go LeBron James. Oh, at my three. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. with your reaction, it sounds like we might actually differ here for the first time. Yeah, man. No, no, look, I, I still think LeBron is a top five player. I don't think he's the best player in the league anymore, but I still think he's a top five player. No. Um, I'm actually going to skip the old head this time, though. I'm going to skip the old head. I was actually going to go with Paul George. Paul George, well, I, I, I love watching Paul George play. Again, I, Paul I George, not as good as Paul Kawhi George. Leonard, but Paul I love George. watching Paul George play, man. I, I, I really do. I think he's got a smooth game. I love playoff P. One thing... Um, I mean, LeBron James, he he's he's still the king. I mean, he's not the best player in the NBA, but I also feel like it's such a oh, his leadership. Like he is he is such a leader on a team. Like even in such a different way than like we talked about with Jokic. But he he goes out there and he kind of commands the court when he is out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we call him king for the reason, right? Yeah, I mean, he 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 does a whole lot for the team. Um, what is it about I just, Paul I just wanted George? to go the other way. For me, Paul. Oh, I, I do. I love how smooth he is. I love that he's never afraid to take a you know a, a chance on defense. Um, he'll guard basically anybody. To me, and to me, he's a top five defender in the league. And then he can get a bucket, man. Uh, you know, offensively, he's not. He can create for sure, but his his game is more offensively one on one. And when he's and he's when he's starts dancing on somebody, man, it's nice. It's nice to see. I, I've always been a playoff P fan since uh, since those battles with LeBron and, and when he was the Pacers. Mm, the Pacers. Kind of when I liked him, you know, when I, I started. Paul George is definitely an elite defender. That's one of the reasons why I like the Clippers more than I like the Lakers, at least coming into the season. With some of the moves, the Lakers may have edged him out in my head, but just the defensive versatility when you're talking about him paired up with Kawhi Leonard and whatnot, that is, that is a scary – um, scary set up there. Oh yeah. Speaking of Kawhi Leonard, moving on to the shooting guard, that's where I'm gonna slide Kawhi in Ooh. at my two. That is a huge two guard. Okay, there you go. Um, this guy's coming on. He easily ran one rookie of the year last year. Um, to me, he's He's probably going to be one of the top two players in the next over over the next decade. Luka Doncic, my my two guard. Mm. Mm. Luka Doncic, another Euro actually, but that, that, bro, um, that's three Euros for me. <laughs> but there you go. he has definitely had a breakout season this year for the Mavericks. Yeah, three Euros and a California kid for me so far. But yeah, 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 uh, dude, yeah, he's he's terrific, man. I, I, there's not much. The defense is the only thing I can re- I could really. Um, Stress that he needs to pick up is the defensive side, but 
I mean, his offensive IQ is off the charts. His his shot isn't the greatest, but I mean, I'm not leaving that guy open. He's such a creator too. Like, um, obviously very different body types, but I'm gonna kind of bring it back to what I know best in Jokic. And kind of the way they are able to create in a lot of the way that the Euro style of game. Yeah. You can draw a lot of similarities between Jokic and Donkic. His his strength is underrated, man. Um, this is not a his handle's underrated. His strength is underrated. To me, he's he's not a guy with great speed, but his hesitation is really good. When when you're not a guy who can just beat you in a hundred mile power, you kinda have to guys on a start and stop thing mm-hmm. and he's really really good at that man he's really really good at that now he's not as donkage may not be as good right now as like lebron or Kawhi leonard but if i was to try to pick one guy to try to get onto the nuggets right now it'd probably be between him or Giannis. because i just love the way that donkage plays i mean look if, 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 I'm, if i'm picking up right now i'll probably still take Kawhi. but uh but yeah, man, for like for like the next ten years, Luca Luca, that's that's a special player, man. That's mm-hmm. a special player. I, I went with Kawhi. Obviously he I mean, you said a big two, but really Kawhi and Donkage are about the same size, really. They're both six seven, six I six, feel six like seven. Kawhi's built, man. I feel like Kawhi I mean, because I've seen Kawhi play four. I don't really I don't feel like we playing we getting Luca Ka- down. There. Kawhi is very versatile because he, he plays more physically. Yeah. Than I, mean, I yeah, than yeah, Donkage. Yeah. He, I mean he's yeah, he's a bigger Bigger physical, more uh, guy. I mean, he came out. He came out of college playing four. He played four in college. So yeah, he um, um he defensively, I think it's an up. He, he obviously is defensively better than Donkage. I probably would give Donkage the advantage offensively right now. Maybe it, that's close though. Yeah, it's close. They, they just get it done different ways. I mean, Kawhi is just more of a score first guy versus Luca. I mean, if, if you sag a second, he'll swing it right over to whoever's open. Um. Who's our points? Are we sliding to point for the point guard spot? Donkage. That is that he is my primary ball handler. He is my point guard. Yeah, honestly, right before I said Donkage, I was going to put him in a point guard. Mm. So um, for my point guard, I'll probably just say uh, Dame Lillard. Give me, Damian give me Lillard, Dame, man. Give me Dame. He, especially so the way he's been playing lately, Damian dude, Lillard. Dude, yeah, I've been so impressed by that guy, man. He, he's really picked it up. Uh, quick, can you see where they sit in the standings, the Blazers? Blazers? Yes, I have it up right here. They are currently in the ninth seed. They are three games back of Memphis. That's gonna be, that's gonna be a tight finish, man. Because Dame's gonna try to do everything he can. I, I will tell you one thing: make sure you catch those Dame Lillard versus John Morant games. Yes, uh, we'll take a little break. Talk a little bit more about our fantasy lineups when we come back here on Aim Student Radio, home of your EMP Sports Show. No, we were just going through a list here, and did you have a question you want to throw out to our listeners here, Mr. Phil? Who is the 100th best player in the NBA? We'll let you know after this quick segment, though. We just went over our starting five. Um, A couple players that almost made my team, and I would have had to shuffle it. One would have been, I 
considered Porzingis playing alongside Jokic because I like height. Obviously, my team is actually really tall as it is anyways, but he's he's somebody who I picture a lot like why I'm excited for Bobo here in Denver once he gets healthy, is he's got that, that length, that height, and the ability to stretch the floor as well where I could see them playing together well. Uh, and then... If I was to, it'd be so hard for me to drop LeBron from a starting five. But the other lineup that I was probably considering even more was putting Trey Young in at the point and sliding Donkage and um, Leonard to two and three. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty dangerous lineup there. I guess from from my alternate lineup, I would have put Donkage in there at the one, Paul George at the two. Um. He's hurt, but Kevin Durant at the three. Pascal Siakam at the four. And then actually Bam Adebayo at the five. I, I, I like Bam's style. A little style. undersized in the middle. It is, but I, I like Bam's size, man. I mean, I like Bam's uh, uh, style of play. His style of play. He's, he's, he's quick and get around. Works off the dribble. He's nice, man. I like him. It'd be interesting because one thing with my lineup that I was considering is there's not a player with my lineup that I wouldn't like handling the ball. You have Jokic plays basically port point center here. Giannis, the offense runs through him, and he has he has good handles, especially for a six eleven dude. You're talking about LeBron basically runs the point for LA. Kawhi probably is the worst, maybe the worst ball handler out of them, but that's he's still above average there. And then Donkage, he's He's probably one of the best right now coming up as far as being able to handle court vision and everything that's kind of emerged this season. Unbelievable kid, man. Not to mention just the height in that lineup. You're talking about Donkic is the shortest guy at 6'6", running your points. He got 6'7", Kawhi, 6'8", LeBron, 6'11", Giannis, and then 7-footer Jokic. Yeah, a lot of size, a lot of length on that, a lot of skill, a lot of talent there, man. All right, what, what we got for the people, man? We're going to dive in here. Well, coming up in the next hour, we will be talking about some fantasy trades we have. Um, I, I personally have Trade Machine up on my laptop here. Some trades that I don't think are necessarily going to get done or that I necessarily would want to get done, but are possibilities. Talk about some things that could happen with that. Uh, also, we want to talk about kind of mid-season grades for these teams, how the playoff picture is kind of settling out here. And then before we hit break, though, Phil, you had a question. You had a question for the people. Do you have the answer? Question was. What's the question? Who is the 100th best NBA player? Of, like, beginning of NBA? Not this year. Oh, this year. Uh, is he currently still playing? Oh, yeah, he's on the team. And this is according to the Washington Post. Just want to throw this out there. This isn't our personal list. Nah, yeah, definitely according to the Washington Post. <laughs> All right, I give up. Marvin Bagley. Gay. Oh, not <laughs> Marvin Gaye. Okay. No, I. he probably had some handles, so Marvin Gaye. He was definitely smooth. He was smooth, man. Smooth man. A lot <laughs> so, of so who was the player again? Marvin Bagley, the third. What team? That's the Sacramento Kings. 
going through that list, some of these guys, you're like, well, how'd they make the top 100? And then I kind of sat back and I thought about it. I was like, well, I guess if you average it out, that's like the the third best player on a team, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, dang, it is it is interesting looking through this list. Now, granted, this was done at the beginning of the year, so some people like Brandon Ingram came in in like the 60s, and with the way he's performed this season with a new environment around him. Yeah, he would have skyrocketed up there. We saw Luca a little bit too low. Mm-hmm. Guy's a little too low. All right, man, I guess we'll uh, take a break here, come back. Get in some fantasy action here on the MP show. Radio, home of your EMP Sports Show. Your host, Mike Jones, here with you right now. My boy Phil over there. Eddie is in studio, but he's uh he's a little uh under the weather. Yeah. I uh, I got sick. So like a dummy. I'm uh I'm very cautious how much I talk. So yeah. That's that's my story. All right, well. 11 o'clock hour, last hour for y'all to be educated. You know what I mean? We'll teach you about some, learn about some, update y'all on the news, make you feel good, make you feel great. Let's dive into it, Mike. What are we getting into? All right, so there's not really been any new news as far as trade deadline moves go. Um, just a little clarification on the Miami trade, but we got into that already. The Danilo Gallinari is not officially part of the trade yet. They got to work on a contract restructuring with Danilo before he can be thrown in there. So you had that trade involving Miami and the Grizzlies. You had this big four-way trade involving the Nuggets. Uh, and you had um, – I'm missing one. What was the What was the other – what was the other trade? There's kind of been like three trades that have kind of gone down. Oh, uh, we had the Jabari Parker trade. Uh, oh yeah, I know. Uh, I don't know. Derek Walton just got traded from the Clippers. Derek Walton. Derek Walton is a backup point guard. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. Like again, nothing, nothing major, nothing major. I guess the biggest move is again, as we talked about, Capella going uh, from Houston. To Atlanta, nice quick flight over there, um, and uh, Robert Covington taking a nice long flight from Minnesota down to Houston. So, those are our biggest uh, biggest trades. Nothing crazy this year. No big names. LeBron's still going to be in the Lakers. Uh, Jokic is still going to belong to us here in Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bradley Beal is still going to be stuck in Washington. So yeah, that's kind of Bradley Beal. He's not available because of when he signed his contract extension. If he signed it like a week earlier or something, he could have been traded during this trade deadline. Yeah, it's just a league to sell him right now. Um, we'll see, man. We'll see. Now, I mean, it looks like no one's going to be get a huge improvement. I'm I'm interested to see what this Rockets uh, situation does. How, how they turn out. I'm not sure when their next game is. Now you talking about. Oh, breaking news from Bleach Report. D'Angelo Russell traded to the Timberwolves. Yep, there we go. For Andrew Wiggins and a 2021 protected first round pick and 2022 second round pick. Which picks are those again? So we got a 2021 protected. 
pick. Probably, you know, lottery protected. And unprotected in 2022. So top three protected and, and unprotected in 2022. That's a top three protected, which I'm assuming it's a Warriors pick. So 2021, that's not the next draft. That's the draft after this coming draft, correct? Right. So chances are they're not going to be in the top three anyways. Because no, at no, that no, point, no, they're no. going to have Clay Thompson back, Steph Curry back. Damn. Well, I haven't really got – got to look all the way into this. But, I mean, basically what I'm saying here is you're going to get Andrew Wiggins, Golden State. Those contracts probably matched up pretty well with Russell and uh, Wiggins. Um, Andrew Wiggins playing with uh, Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson next year. I kind of like that. That's gets, a better fit, I feel like, than, than D'Angelo Russell was there at least. Yeah, and it's not hard to match up with those two guys. Now, I mean, you get Andrew Wiggins who can do a little bit, but now you definitely don't have to ask him to score 30 points for you. Um, he's going to be able to switch. His defense is— He adds length that they lost in Kevin Durant. His defense has been poop, but it's probably going to get better next year. I just, have a, I just have a feeling we'll be talking about, hey, Andrew Wiggins— Pretty good defender, right? Next year around this time. Uh, but yes, let's be clear. In Minnesota, his defense has been poop. He has not been good at defense at all since he's been here. So Andrew Wiggins goes there. Theoretically, if you're trying to project, because this is this is a trade for next season. The Warriors aren't going anywhere this season still. Right. They might even lose more games now. Possibly. Because yeah, they I, don't I, have I a ball ex- handler yeah, now. I would expect them because to me, D'Angelo Russell is one of those guys who can get hot and, and win a game or three for you. So... Yeah. So next year you're looking at Steph Curry, at Clay Thompson, your Wiggins, Green, and one of these super duper Wiseman, high draft picks. maybe who knows yeah. if they draft Wiseman in this draft, but yeah, some high draft pick. I mean, who knows if, if Wiseman's even a starter to start? Um, the funny thing is, I mean, you hear about all these guys, like all these different guys. There are like eight or nine different guys that could be like you know lottery picks this year, but at the same time you're hearing. Not a good draft. So it's like, wait, all these guys, but it's like they're not going to be super impactful. Which is part of why, like, the the, the late 20 or the mid 20s pick that we got from Houston is like, it's like a second round pick in another year's draft. You're right. It could be. It could be. Um, So yeah, we'll we'll see how this shakes out. I I, I like that pick for the, uh, I like that move for the Warriors. And again, the Timberwolves have just been like obsessed with getting D'Angelo Russell for, since like the beginning of the season, really. Oh, the picks are going to. The Warriors. Warriors I, I missed. Yeah, I yeah. misread that. Yeah, um, yeah. Definitely. The picks are going to the Warriors. So yeah, I definitely. My initial gut: Warriors win this trade. My, that's my initial I, I, instinct. My initial reaction is: I, th- I think they both got what they wanted. I don't. I don't really. I don't see it as a loser. That's kind of thing. I don't. I don't. I don't feel a loser. I don't think anybody lost this trade. I, if it was just one for one, then I'd say it was probably even. But the fact that you're throwing in a couple picks as well. My initial instinct is that the Warriors win it partially because I think that Wiggins just fits like he fits better in with the Warriors than Russell did. And then the reverse is also true, though, because you're talking about the uh, Timberwolves team that was without a ball handler, without somebody to kind of facilitate the offense. And they're they're getting what they need as well. So it's not like the Timberwolves are losing this. I'm just. With those tra- with the picks being included, yeah, my gut says no, Warriors yeah. win. No, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of, the picks being there are something because it's kind of saying Wiggins's contract was so bad that it we was. had to attach picks in order for you to take them for D'Angelo Russell. That's, I mean, yeah, I, 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 yeah it, it, it's they sprung this trade on us right now, mm-hmm. so we really didn't get a chance to think about it. But yeah, that's kind of that is kind of saying something. 
if you if you if you if you break it down that way. Um, but yeah, again, I think they kind of both get what they want. That kind of makes this trade that um, I had up here completely stupid. So I'm gonna go ahead. Had a little fantasy it. trade, huh? Yeah, I was gonna have. I, I had a little <laughs> fantasy trade involving um, Carl Anthony Towns, but. If you're if you just traded for the Angelo Russell, there's no way that Carl Anthony Towns is on the move. But no, nah, he ain't going nowhere. Not um, that I really thought he was on the move, anyways. But especially not now. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny because we were just talking about kind of an either or when you're talking about the the Timberwolves. Like, who would you rather keep? And uh, it, Cat Cat won. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. That's his franchise, man. That that's his franchise. That that was a move to appease him, honestly. Is there another piece in Minnesota, like a th- a third musketeer with D'Angelo Russell and Cat? That that's there now, or that might that might go there. Well, that that's if you're projecting next year's roster, because this year's again oh. it's over for the Wolves. This is a trade about going I, I, forward. I, I don't see how they get him there, um, but uh, their third best friend appears to be Devin Booker. Devin Booker. The Devin Booker appears to be the third the third best friend of that group. So. That's uh, he's been the guy that they've that I've heard that wants to go out there too. I don't see how they get him out there though. It's kind of the issue. All right, so that was some. And that's not a winning team either. No. So and actually, that's even less defense. When we get into these fantasy trades here, Devin Booker is included in one of my one of my quote unquote fantasy trades here that we'll get into in a little bit. But you want to do a break and come back? Yeah, to let's let's take a little break here. We'll come back and dive into some of these fantasy trades here after the break you're listening to the emp sports show bathroom break holla at you in just a little bit from aim student radio hello welcome back to the emp emp sports show here on aim student radio all right, yeah, we, got, yeah. we got a lot to get into here. We got some fantasy drafts, or not fantasy draft, but some fantasy trade stuff to get into. But first, dive into, you You got a little more of the particulars on this trade involving D'Angelo? Yeah, man. So it looks like it was exactly what we said it was, right? So it's uh, D'Angelo Russell to Minnesota, Amari Spellman to Minnesota, and Jacob Evans to Minnesota. In return, the Golden State Warriors will be sending Andrew Wiggins, a 2022 second-round pick, and a protected 2021 first-round pick. Not sure how far it's protected, uh, whether it's top three, top five, top ten, lottery. Um, There you go, man. Um, This trade really doesn't do any much for either team this year. I guess it, it should help Minnesota out a little bit this year. But um, they're not in. But yeah, it's not, not going to really year, do anything for them, right? In, in the long run, it's not going to do much for the team this year. Uh, maybe it helps the Warriors lose a little bit more, so they can get another high pick this year. Maybe it helps the Timberwolves win a couple games. I think though that the overall thing for them is they got the two guys that want to be together, together. Happy marriage, um, but they're going to suck together, and eventually, eventually, this might drive a fork in their friendship. We'll see, man. Honestly. This is a this is a reality television show, and that's the best thing I like about sports. It's it's there's no acting, man. It, it's all real. Either these guys like each other or they don't like each other. They win, they lose. They're getting paid or they're not getting paid. Beautiful thing, man. 
Mike's going to dive in here with the uh, fantasy football thing in a second. But while we're waiting for him, I'll dive in on uh, who, do, who do I want to talk trash about right now? You know, let's slide on down to the south, that great old state of Texas. You know what I mean? The Houston Rockets. Let's dive right in on those guys. They made a trade. They no longer have a center. Diving in there, they have a center. They're going to try to pull this thing off without a center. It's James Harden, it's Russell Westbrook, and a bunch of short guys. That's what they're going with, man. They're going with the athleticism, the quickness, the anticipation. They're going to they're gonna try to counteract the brute strength of guys like Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis and our very own Nikola Jokic. Um, they're going to they're gonna just try to, they're going to, they're zigging here. When everybody else is zagging, they're zigging. Or maybe they're zagging when everybody else is zigging. Right now, I think that they're their fifth or fourth seed in the West. I don't expect them to move too far. We'll see, man. James Harden's got that beard. We'll see how uh, the power of beard. We'll see how power of the beard can take you. He's got a mean left hand. Russell Westbrook has kind of turned it on the last couple of weeks here. Secured himself a uh, All Star Game spot. The All Star Game coming up here in a couple of weeks. We'll slide over to the All Star Game talk where Mike figures out his uh, fantasy football. You know, we got a lot of kids complaining about the All-Star not making it. You know, Devin Booker complaining he didn't make it. Who else complaining they didn't make it? Brad Bill, he was complaining he didn't make it. Okay, since you're on that topic, what about Michael Porter Jr. not getting an invite to the Rising Stars game? Oh, we also got guys mad they didn't make the Rising Star game. Who's mad they didn't make the Rising Stars game this year? That was uh, it's one of these young boys. Was that? It was a couple of the young boys, and, and that's the thing. They're so young, we don't even remember all the names yet. And they're complaining because they didn't get into the Rising Stars game, which nobody cares about in the first place. It doesn't really matter. But I, I, I guess on some level, it helps them build their brand. But I still don't have any sympathy for those guys, man. I don't, I don't have any sympathy for those guys. Now, you asked me specifically about Michael Porter Jr., I would have loved to see him, man. Honestly, those games are more for the fans anyway, man. We really want to see the uh, the, the high-flying act, uh, long threes. Like, that game was actually perfect for Michael Porter Jr., but I'm not upset that he didn't get in either. Honestly, if the kid had played uh, the whole season, I'm sure he would have gotten in. We got, the, we got the Rising Star rosters? No, we don't have the Rising Star rosters because nobody cares about the Rising Star. All right, so... You ready for this... Uh, yeah. Fantasy talk. Here we go. Let's get in here, man. I've been messing around with the whole trade machine on ESPN. And I want to dive into these and talk about some pros and cons. Now, I'm on disclaimer here. I know a lot, like several of these are not, not feasible as far as you're not going to get both teams to agree necessarily. But that doesn't mean we can't play a little fantasy, you know, GM here. The first ones I'm going to talk about are going to be based on and around the Denver Nuggets. First up, the name most tied to the Denver Nuggets at this point in time has been Drew Holiday. We still got some time to get that done. A lot of people speculated that that trade that went down Tuesday night was to prep themselves to make a strong push to get Drew Holiday here and playing for the Denver Nuggets. This trade, money-wise, it works out. You'd probably have to throw in a pick or two. Drew Holiday, and I also threw in Lonzo Ball 
I'm not a huge Lonzo Ball fan, but to finagle money here and, you know, player talents and whatnot, throwing him in made sense. But Drew Holiday and Lonzo Ball for Gary Harris, Mason Plumley, and you throw in Monte Morris. Shoot, I, I would do that trade. I think it would hurt me to lose Mason Plumley right now, but Mason Plumley would do that trade. Would hurt. I don't necessarily think he's part of this team next year. And throwing in Mason Plumley, part of the reason to throw him in is just to get the expiring contract down to New Orleans. That way, they have more money to play with when you're talking about trying to make that big push to bring in somebody to you know play alongside Zion because he's he's a draw right now. Right, wanting to play with Zion. Right. Uh, losing Gary Harris obviously would hurt. But you're you're basically upgrading. Uh, honestly, you're upgrading to Drew Holiday, especially offensively. Uh, Drew Holiday is older, but yeah, Lonzo Ball is kind of a throw-in to make the money work there. He has a couple years left on his contract, and I'm not necessarily a huge Lonzo Ball fan, but there is definitely potential there when you're talking about him and length. I'm actually a, a pretty big Lonzo Ball fan, but yeah, um, he, he's never going to be a superstar. But I, I think there's a lot of IQ there, and the jump shots come along. Um, yeah, the length there on defense, the just you know the the ability or the, the the willingness to be a hustle guy, as well. It's interesting here. They have like the projected win totals adjustment. According to this trade machine, the Nuggets would not be affected at all by this trade whereas the Pelicans would l- lose an extra game due to this trade. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> huh. Next up, we mentioned Devin Booker earlier. This trade would be to bring in Devin Booker and throwing in Frank Kosminski to, again, make, make money and things work and get some money out of Phoenix. In the trade, we'd be giving them Paul Millsap an expiring big deal to open up money, whether or not whether or not they can actually put that money to use in Phoenix. That's their problem. And then Monte Morris, because what Phoenix has been lacking the most is a primary ball handler, somebody to distribute the ball. And before the season, I made the argument that if they had gone John Morant in, in the draft instead of, you know, the the lottery not helping them out and them dropping a bit. I feel like they could have been a fringe playoff team as far as like the eight seed. If you put that ball handling of John Morant in there with Devin Booker and, and Aiton, but that's, that's a whole nother conversation. Hey man, I mean, that ain't much of a conversation. John Morant carrying his team to the playoffs at this point. Yeah. They would, they would have that. I mean, that looks like a playoff team to me. Um, but they have, I mean, you know, they have Rubio, so they don't, they could use another player, but they do have a point guard right now. This this would bring in clear and obvious scoring when you're talking about bringing in Devin Booker for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, we would be bogged down by his contract long term, but you keep saying that what the Nuggets need most and what keeps them the most from being a true contender in the West is having somebody who can get buckets, having a having a scorer on the team, and this trade I feel like would solve that in bringing in Devin Booker. Agreed. That that's that's definitely solves a lot of that issue right there. This, according to the trade machine, would 
give the Nuggets four more wins on the season and actually drop the Suns by four wins? Yeah. Yeah, Devin, Devin Book is worth maybe two, three wins for sure. For sure. A n- next up, a trade with the San Antonio Spurs, who are currently on the outside looking in of the playoff picture. This trade is a straight two for two. We got Rudy Gay and Derek White coming back to Colorado in a, in exchange for Will Barton and Noah Vonley. It was, it was, it was, who, who's coming again? Derek White and Rudy, oh, Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay. For Noah Vonley and Will Barton. Damn, I feel like the Nuggets are losing the best player on that one, though. I, I like Will Barton more than any, anybody else on that. I, I like Derek White, but I, I'm not completely sold on him. My, I guess my thought process with this, the main guy I was going after was actually Derek White, not Rudy Gay. To give, in this scenario, you'd be able to move Jamal Murray to the off guard, which a lot of people argue would help his game overall and is more of his natural position. And you have Derek White, you have that speed. Like, he is lightning fast on the court there to handle the points. He's got his defense as well. Like, he's he's a a damn good defender. mm -hmm. Um not to mention him being from CU, a little soft spot. Yeah, the home home cooking for him. I'd, I'd probably decline that trade, man. I'd, I'd probably still want to stick with uh with Barton and, and Jamal Murray is my point. This gives minus one win to both teams, actually. Like, both teams come out worse, according to yeah. the trade machine here. Yeah. Next up, a name that's been attached to the Denver Nuggets a lot, more so in the past, though. Kevin Love from the... Cleveland Cavaliers, along with Dante Exum, for Paul Millsap and Mason Plumley. Well, there's a little, somewhat of a logjam at the forward positions. This gets rid of two expiring contracts from the Denver Nuggets to bring on a larger contract in Kevin Love that's going to last a while, and another guard that brings some size. I, before you say anything, I not an advocate of trying to do this win or do this trade. Hold on, man. Kevin loves a closer. Kevin loves a closer? No, nah, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Yeah, I probably wouldn't touch that one. I mostly threw this in just because it's a, it's a name that's available on the trade market, a big name that's True. available on the trade market that has been attached to the Nuggets in the past. Aspiring contract, right? Uh, no. He, no, no, no. Kevin Love's definitely not expiring. Yeah, I'm tripping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah four yeah. years left on his. That's part of why I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, of yeah, him. yeah. If he was expiring, he'd have been moved already. Yeah, yeah. I'm tripping. Um, this drops the Nuggets three wins and drops the Cleveland Cavaliers seventeen wins by getting by doing this trade according to the trade machine. Wait, who, who did the Cavs get? Oh, Millsap and uh, Plumley. Yes, for seventeen wins. Huh? What the hell? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't get that because, like, yes. Of those three players, Kevin Love might be the him and Paul Millsap. I think at this point it's kind of close, man. Yeah, yeah, or kind of close. I don't know how you drop seventeen wins when you're bringing in Paul Millsap. Because it's close, I prefer the guy who's got a little, or at least in this situation, got a little more balance. And that's Um, Millsap, right? Yeah. All right. Um, Next up, um, Mark. I think it's Marcus Morris. Senior, the uh, the forward from the Knicks. Is it Marcus? It's Marcus, yeah. yeah. Um, Marcus Morris coming to Denver in exchange for Will Barton and Monte Morris. Oh, man. Because, damn. I, I'm actually a fan of Marcus Morris, man. Uh, some people think he's kind of a bully. He is. Um, 
but he, he'd definitely bring that toughness to our team, and he'd be another guy that we could throw at uh, LeBron, another guy you could throw at Anthony Davis, another guy you could throw at uh, Kawhi and Paul George. A little more athletic at this point in his career than Paul Millsap? Definitely. Um, uh-huh. Not nearly as athletic as, as Will Barton, though, or anything like that. No. But he can shoot the ball. Like He can definitely hit a three. It adds a little more size because you'd probably – if you did this trade – Getting rid of Will Barn, either him or MPJ is probably your starting three mm. going forward. So you're saying that would be Will Barton and who else? Oh, Morris. Monte huh? Morris. Because you, you've got to throw in another guy just to make the money work right. when you're talking about. And then also, I don't know if I was the Knicks, I don't know if I would do a Morris for Barton trade because Barton has four years left on his contract that you'd be in for that money for. And I don't know that Barton's necessarily a game changer to get you to where you are if you're the Knicks. So you got to throw in somebody, somebody younger with more that you can build potentially build around more, and that's where Monte Morris comes in. I I think for this man, but man, that's tough. That's tough because I mean, you're you're, gain, you're gaining obvious. There's a lot of pros for Marcus Morris, but there's also a lot of uh, pros for Will Barton. And like if you lose one of them, it's like man, that'd be tough for me, man. That'd be tough because I I really like what. Um, what Barton's bringing this year. I also like what Marcus Morris is bringing this year. I think I might go ahead and make that trade just so we have someone else to guard PG, to guard Kawhi, to guard Braun. That was, uh, honestly, that was a little bit of my thought process with this. Also, mm-hmm. Morris, his contract is a lot closer to expiring. I think he has one year left on it after this season. So it's it free up some more money as some of these players are coming of age that we have and mm-hmm. are going to be up for contract extensions, if not throwing money at, I don't know, Giannis, let's say, uh, that would be available on the market, things of that nature. Yeah, that, was that the last one? That was a good that, one, man. That was the last one for the Nuggets. I have some other ones that involve other teams. All right. Boston Celtics and Detroit Pistons. I think you can you can guess the main name in this trade. So you're going Drummond for who? Drummond, and I put the other Marcus brother in here, mostly because Markeith. of money. Morris and, uh, uh, Drummond and Markeith. So yes. Detroit's given up to. Because just to make the money work for Gordon Hayward, now obviously you're going to have to throw in draft picks. This is not a trade that you can do just based on the names involved yeah. here. Because, But Boston does have draft pick capital that they can afford to give up with their young there. Okay, I, I'm, I'm going to say no because I already know they're not trying to give up none of those five guys they've got between uh, Smart, Hayward, Brown, Tatum, and Kimba. They're not trying to give up none of those guys. Don't you think there's a little bit of a logjam at the at the wing positions with what they have right now, though? Nah, no, no. I do. I, I honestly think that team has a lot of good. Like, I, I really like that team. I, I really, really like that team. I think that, they I did. Too. They just need a center. Which, and this is, you're getting one of the best centers in the game, especially when you're just talking about pure, you know, rim protection and boards. Right. In Andre Drummond. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's business, man. It's trading. You got to give something to get something up. I, just, I think they're actually, I, I would just ride or die with what I got, man. I really would. Because I'd, uh, Gordon Hayward could be your fourth option, and he's like the second best passer on the team. Kim Walker can, can have a bad night and Jason Tatum will get 30 and, and Jalen Brown can lock up your guy and dunk on you and hit the throw. Like they have a lot of good pieces, man. And they have a lot of good mojo. No one, no one is, has a crazy high usage. Everyone's driving and kicking and swinging. Everybody has like a chance to show what they can do. This is a really good team, man. For the wind swings. I forgot to mention last time 
the Nuggets with the Morris trade break even. The Knicks would end up getting one more win, according to ESPN. On this one, the Celtics would gain two wins by bringing in Drummond. Meanwhile, the Pistons would drop six wins. So you said the Knicks would get more, uh, one more win on that other, that other. Yes. And the Nuggets would draw, go even, huh? Go even, according to this. Hmm. And then you said this one was plus two for the Celtics, minus six for the Pistons. If they were to get Gordon Hayward and who else was that? Gordon Hayward and nobody else as far as player acquisition for the Pistons. Oh yeah, that might be six. <laughs> yeah, that might be sense. Like I said, if this trade was to happen, it would be based on Gordon Hayward for the money and then draft picks. Yeah. There you go, man. These aren't bad. Next up, the number one team in the West, the Los Angeles Lakers, and a trade with OKC. This trade, again, I'll throw this out there, is not going to happen, but a reunion of Chris Paul coming to the Lakers to play with LeBron is a very intriguing option in my mind. For this trade, I have Chris Paul going to the Lakers, and then just because of how huge his contract is without giving up either Anthony Davis or LeBron, I had to throw in four players here. Danny Green, KCP, Avery Bradley, and JaVale McGee for Chris Paul. I think they would be fine give up any one of those guys except Danny Green, and they might even give up Danny Green if they got the shot at Chris Paul. Danny Green is kind of a must because he's, I is think, he, the like third biggest contract. Well, because he's the, he's the third tough. biggest contract on the Lakers to make the money work. That, that would be tough. You, you kind of have to throw in Danny Green. I, I would pick that. I would pick that Lakers team if they could keep. If they could find a way to keep Danny Green in some magic way, like can Kuzma go in there or is Kuzma's contract? Kuzma's contract doesn't really work. It's because no. I think his contract was somewhere around eight million, where Danny it's Green is at 10? fourteen. What well, is Danny at fourteen this year? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. Um, I would. I would if, if they were to, if they were to somehow keep Danny Green and add Chris Paul. The rest of those cats could go. I would pick that as my favorite to win it all, honestly. But it, there you go. This was. This is a con. This is a trade that again, it's not going to happen. You you're not really getting any money to dump when if you're OKC in this trade because there's two years left on all the contracts being sent over as opposed to three years for Chris Paul. So it's not like you're really getting out of money doing this trade. Right. This is all. This is all for the Lakers would be this one. Yeah. But interesting enough, both teams minus three as far as win projections with this trade. Really? Minus – that surprises me for the Lakers. Like, yes, Danny Green's good and all, but you're coming out bringing in Chris Paul. Yeah. The, the only thing I could see that would, like, make them, like – it wouldn't make the team worse, but it would make the wins drop is just because they're, like, now you're getting an older guy in and they're doing more cruising in the regular season. Than like yeah. trying to dominate type of thing. I could see that, but I don't. I think the quality of the team would would, would go up. I don't see that. Next up is another Chris Paul trade, but this time to the Miami Heat. Something that was actually talked about a lot in okay. the preseason. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul going to the Miami Heat for uh, Dragic, Olenek, and Miles Leonard. Oh, make that happen in a, in a, in a heartbeat. Dry, uh, so you, you lose Leonard and Olenek because you're just losing the bigs at that point. Mm-hmm. And then it's what it's point got? guard for point guard, right. obviously upgrading to Chris Paul. But you got Bam, and you've got you – might, you might actually be getting kind of small after that point. I'm not sure what else they have as a center. I It was up here. Um, but you're, you're – 
obviously in this trade, you're going to have to throw in draft picks because talent-wise, you're not even coming close in those three for uh, for Chris Paul, although you're getting a couple close to expiring deals in Dragic and Leonard. Hmm. Okay, so that's something. That's definitely something. And uh, so you get Chris Paul, man. Mm-hmm. That, that dude's still playing. That, that, def- put, that dude's still ball player. In my opinion, that trade, um, especially if this other trade goes through, bringing Gallinari and whatnot, that puts Miami in serious contention to win the East. Not just compete, but win the East. Yeah, no, honestly. Uh, honestly. Talking about height, though, you are giving up your two biggest players. Uh, really, you're left with Bam Bam as your lone guy over 6'8". Is, so, is, is he the absolute lone guy, too? He would be the only guy... Well, if Gallinari comes in, Gallinari's 6'10". Well, I mean, like center, though. Uh, yeah, he's the only 6'9 huh. guy. Uh, you yeah. got Haslam at 6'8". Um, oh, they're not playing Haslam. That fool has- <laughs> No. If they're playing Haslam, boy. Well, you have, uh, you have o- Okpala at 6'9". Oh, I don't really know that okay. guy. Okay, but I don't... I don't- He'd be forced to play though, and you have uh, yeah. Duncan Robinson at six eight, and that's he's kind of a, he's not a big your only size left there. Uh, this would actually potentially drop the Heat by two wins, but drop the Thunder by five. The dropping the Heat by two wins in this trade, I don't see how you lose more games in this trade. Just besides maybe the size, but even then, as it stands, you're going up against teams like the Celtics who you don't really have anybody big inside you have to compete with. Yeah, but then you got the Bucks who are big as hell. You got Sixers who are big, huge. Sixers are huge. And the Pacers, damn, the Pacers play uh, Sabonis and Miles Turner. So, yeah, you kind of do need some size in the East still. Next up, a pure one-for-one Toronto Raptors and Orlando Magic. Serge Ibaka for Aaron Gordon. Um. You'd probably have to throw in a pick if you're Definitely. the Raptors as well. <laughs> yeah. But as far as players go, yeah. a one for one. Aaron Gordon in the scenario, I would envision playing more of the small forward as opposed to the power forward, adding some athleticism out there because he can he can hit the three. He's a good three point shooter, not elite, but I picture him playing well up alongside Siakam. Yeah, I, I like the I like the athleticism of a, a Siakam and Gordon trade. Um, offensively, I think Gordon has a little more in his bag. I think he has a little more, um, but I, I think I think Ibaka is just a, a better defensive player, though. He is, uh, especially like around the rim. Um, his length and Siakam's length, I think that really gave uh, gave Milwaukee some problems last year, especially with Kawhi. Now, on the surface, who would you think would come out ahead in this trade? Because I find the, the projections intriguing. I, w- I would think Toronto, I would assume Toronto would come out on top in there. According to the trade machine, Toronto would actually be down three wins in this trade, where the Magic would be up three. Hmm. Well, there you go. That's in a lot about Sergi Baca. My last one here that I worked on, the Clippers want to include one for the other LA team. Um, the Clippers adding a little more size in a trade with the Cavaliers, bringing in Tristan Thompson in exchange for Harkless and Lou Williams. I oh, wouldn't do this necessarily if I was the Clippers, but if you are worried about the size, especially going up against what the Lakers have put together and the Nuggets, and and the Nuggets, but if it, 
you're looking for a little size to go up against some of the bigger guys in the elite teams, I'd say, in the West. And go bear. Um, I couldn't do this trade because uh, Lou Will is, is, is easily the best player in that group. And just the fact of he gives you your third score. He's another – like a whole guy you can just run offense with him. Like, I mean, Kawhi and Paul George can be on the bench or they can just be on the court standing still. And it could be Lou Williams' show. So, yeah, I wouldn't want to touch that trade. That's my last one. Who I got. (laughs) The Clippers in this trade would be down five wins, whereas the Cavaliers would be down 16 wins, according to the trade machine. Get out of here. 16 wins. The Cavs would definitely pick some W's up. Uh, That's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, I I don't know. The Cavs would definitely pick some W's up. I don't know how you you go down 16. I never thought of Tristan Thompson as a 16 win player. Yeah, that's. It's kind of crazy. Some some messed up there with you. With you hit the refresh button on that. <laughs> but yeah. All right, we're going to take a break here, and when we get back, unless there's some breaking news, we're just going to kind of go into some surprise teams from the NBA so far this season, and kind of how we think the playoff picture is is rounding out here on the AIM Student Radio, home of your EMP Sports Show. EMP Sports Show back here with you on today trade deadline Thursday. Look like we got us a little a little might be surprise going on in Los Angeles. Who are they getting, man? What's going on out there? So the latest rumor out of Los Angeles is they're in talks with the New York Knicks, trying to swing a trade for Marcus Morris, like one of who you may have thought of as one of the more intriguing prospects for the Nuggets to go through. For what I went on the. Uh, the trade machine with, but this would center around Marcus Morris for Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, man. I, uh, you know, we were talking like eight seconds before we went on air and I was just saying, I, I, I don't, I'm not sold that Kyle Kuzma is that good of a basketball player. Whereas I, I realize he has more potential. He's like probably 23 or 24 still. And, and Marcus Morris is about to be 30. If he's not 30 now, I also hate his hair. Uh, Kuzma. Yes. I, I blonde is not a look. Yeah, yeah, he was he was looking a little goofy, man. But you know how them LA kids are, and he's not an LA kid. He's a he's a Flint, Michigan kid. So I don't know. We'll talk to his parents. Utah, right? Uh, You know, it's college stuff. But um, yeah, Marcus Morris brings toughness. He can shoot. He can get his own bucket. Uh, There's a lot of good things that he does. I think I would make that trade. I I know. I know. Defensively, he's he's much better than Kuzma. yeah, I, I think I think I would make that trade. And you're you're staying big if you're the Lakers as well, because you're going from six eight to six nine. You know, I mean. Yeah, that's another thing. You're getting even bigger. Um, you know, one of their issues is kind of at this point, LeBron James is basically a power forward, and um, Anthony Davis is, is is really a center at its best. But they're trying to play Anthony Davis at the four and Dwight Howard at the five, and LeBron James at Basically the the three, but he's he's like a point guard and the and the small forward. It's tough, man, because he's getting he's getting a little up there. He's gonna have to guard small forwards. They're bringing this guy in so that LeBron doesn't so that LeBron doesn't have to guard Kawhi for the entire series because that's kind of what this is. If someone's got to have to guard Kawhi and someone's got to guard Paul George, and you can't ask him to do it and have the ball all the time. Because most people's expectations that we're going to have an all LA Western Conference Finals. I think the Nuggets will have some say about that, but. We will we will see, but 
in that matchup, because that's what this trade, like you said, would be about bringing in Morris for defensive purposes against Kawhi and against uh, PG-13. Who's the other guy right now on the Lakers, though, since you bring that up to guard? Who's the other defense, the guy on defense? Uh, well, from what, we, what we've seen is they put Danny Green over there to try to guard Kawhi. He's just a little too small to guard him. Um, KCP is, is way too small to guard him. LeBron and Kuzma. So it, and a little Anthony Davis. Like, you've seen Anthony Davis over there, too. So it would probably come down a lot to LeBron, LeBron on Kawhi and uh, Morris on PG, say, if this, if this trade was to actually happen. I don't know that that's that. I don't know that that's. I don't feel a like that's a, yeah, for them. I don't feel like that's a, a good thing. I, th- I think in the end you'd probably look at some point. LeBron, if LeBron James want to win his fourth championship, he got to guard, go over there and guard Kawhi Leonard. That's kind of what that, the, at some point, man, he got to get over there and, and suck it up. All right. So, what is your favorite? What trade has had the biggest impact so far in your mind? Oh, it's easily the the. the Rockets trade, man. Covington for uh, uh, Capella basically is what the trade was. You know, four teams and some yeah. other stuff. But it's basically Those Capella big for Covington got moved. Um, just looking forward to seeing the Rockets are full in on D'Antoni, man. They're, they're going full small ball, tiny ball. They want to place five quick guys that can shoot versus your three quick guys and two bigger guys. And just the zig where you're zagging. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see how this goes, whether it's a complete disaster or it's it works. I just want to see what happens, man. Like if this works, like this could be the the signaling of uh, like centers kind of die. Like if <laughs> like if they can play these six seven wing guy at center, you're gonna it, this could be a signaling for, of, of like a change. It it will be an interesting matchup, especially if the Rockets and the Nuggets end up playing. Just because you're talking about a team trying to signal like the end of the center position going up against a team that's basically run their entire offense through their center in the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Yeah, like that, like that matchup, one on, not one-on-one, but that that two-team matchup would be a real – it's complete opposite. Just complete opposites, yeah. man. All right. Um, we're over halfway through the season, but the trade deadline coming today and then coming up with the, the all-star break – Kind of the symbolic halfway point of the season. Is there a surprise team for you as far as the playoff pictures go? Surprise team. Two surprise teams. Uh, The Miami Heat did not think they'd be this good. Thought they'd be like a seventh, eighth seed type of thing, you know, uh, struggle this year. But they've been on fire, it seems like, the whole year. four seed, three and a half games up on the five seed Pacers. There you go. Um, four seed. They've been balling. Jimmy Butler's has looked terrific, and he hasn't really been like a super dominant type of player, and he's looked like terrific. Um, and then on the West, I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies, man. Like you, it's it's rare for rookies to have this type of impact that John Morant has has had. Man, They're, he's he's good at defense as a rookie. Like it's hard as hell to play defense in the NBA. I get back to if the if the lottery, you know, played out the way statistically it was supposed to. John Morant would be on the Suns, and how different would that team be if you're trying to team if you team up Morant with Devin with Booker, Booker, and then with Aiton? Yeah, I mean, you're easily talking about already one of the best uh, backcourts in the league. Like you're, you know, you know. And then on the outside looking in, is there a team that should be that should have the eight seed team in the conference scared? 
that should have them scared, probably not. But I would say me, I, I like New Orleans. New, New Orleans is kind of a team that I, I don't think they're going to make it this year. But they're kind of a team that scares me a little bit. They have depth. They've got quickness. They got size. Like they kind of something about them. Something about them that's intriguing. And I think we're going to get a chance to watch uh, a good amount of their games here with Zion back. Probably, and a lot of it's going to end up coming down to the trade, the the pieces they got in that Anthony Davis trade with, you know, the emergence of Brandon Ingram actually looking like he was, he's a number two overall pick yeah. player. Looks like an all-star player. Uh, Lonzo Ball is picking it up. Picking it up. He's Picked definitely up the shot. played better than he did when he was in L.A. Oh, yeah. Hey, look, he has confidence in his shooting, man. His confidence in his shooting now, that's one thing that a lot of times when you're just starting off, you don't have when you're just kind of learning your shot again. And not for this year, but I do think Atlanta will be intriguing looking into next year with how they're constructing that, although way too many bigs on that roster that they're trading for. Yeah, but it's a funky little roster they got. It, it will definitely be intriguing going forward. But that, unfortunately, is all the time we have for today's show. Thank you for listening. Uh, again, this is Mike Jones, my co-host here. Bill over there on mic too. Trying to get it in. Love talking to you about a basketball special on this trade deadline Thursday. Come back next week. See if there's any new breaking news after we sign off today. Here on Aim Student Radio, home of your EMP sports show.